Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Irvindale. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Let's join Pastor Brett preaching from the Gospel of Luke. Okay. Well, why don't we turn in our Bibles to Luke chapter 5. That's where we're going to be as we continue on our series in Luke. Uh, It's called Jesus, Friend of Sinners. How many of you have heard that phrase before? Jesus, Friend of Sinners. Okay. So this shouldn't be a new story to you, but I want to read a quote to you this morning that you may also have already heard. That the greatest single cause of atheism today is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but they walk out these doors and they deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. Did you catch all that? The single greatest cause of atheism today in our world is Christians who acknowledge Jesus with their lips, but they walk out these doors and then they deny him by their lifestyle. This is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And most of you in here, including myself, I don't think we would say I've denied Jesus with my words lately. I don't think any of us would say that. But have we denied him by our lifestyle, the way that we live? Would that, in essence, somehow be a way that we have denied Jesus? Today we're going to look at a passage of Scripture that may challenge you. It may challenge your lifestyle. It may challenge how you view your lifestyle and how it is connected to your witness as a Christ follower. And so in Luke chapter 5, we are going to look at verses 27 through 32. So let's read this together. If you have a Bible, I would encourage you to open it up, to read it. If you've got your app, if you've got a tablet, whatever it may be, open the Word of God and let's read this together. Luke 5, starting in verse 27. And after this, he went out and saw a tax collector named Levi sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. And leaving everything, he rose and followed him. And Levi made, a great, made him a great feast in his house, and there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with them. And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled at the disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So today where we're going with this is we've only got five verses. We're going to go each one, one at a time. We're going to dissect each verse, and we're going to see how Jesus was a friend of sinners. We're going to see how he received a lot of flack for that, and we're also going to learn and see how that Jesus's posture informs us today and how our posture should be towards those who are unbelievers. So starting in verse 27, we have seen and heard from Pastor Mike that Jesus has recently just healed a paralyzed man. And so after this is simply a phrase that means he's is probably the same day. It's, he's, he, Jesus was constantly busy doing ministry in all different kinds of capacities. And so this is just another event on the same day as Jesus has just healed this man. He walks outside and he sees this tax collector sitting there and he says, hey, follow me. So Jesus sees Levi sitting at the tax booth. And most of you probably know about tax collectors if you've been in church for some time. Were they the most reputable people? No, they were not. They were probably akin to like some crooked politicians or some other character today that had a lot of influence or power that we really don't like. Uh, He would have been like that because taxes back then weren't really that clear cut. It wasn't as wonderfully easy as it is today, right? (laughs) 
It's not simple like it is today. It was a little fuzzy back then. We can't relate to that today, can we? No, we can't. So it was unclear. So Matthew or Levi at that time, his name hadn't been changed, but Levi would sit there and say, hey, here's the amount. And he could probably fudge those numbers and raise the price a little bit and probably put a little bit in his pocket. That was typically the practice. And so he wouldn't be a person who was considered with a great reputation. And right off the bat, you find yourself saying, why does Jesus pick these guys? Like, what's with Jesus? Does he not know who this guy is? Well, of course Jesus knows. But that doesn't deter Jesus from picking Levi. So I think it's interesting that Jesus, wouldn't, Jesus doesn't pick the people that we would pick, does he? He doesn't do that. And so um, I think it's fascinating. We're going to see a little bit here maybe why Jesus picked him in a little bit. So he calls Levi. Levi stands up, leaves everything, and followed him. So in verse 28, we see that Levi responds immediately to Jesus's invitation. Now we know from the other gospels that, that Luke doesn't always write chronologically. And so this is not the first time Matthew or Levi, excuse me, has encountered Jesus. So this would not be his first experience with Jesus. And so the fact that he rose immediately and followed him is probably informed by the, his other previous times of encountering Christ. But again, do you find it interesting that a guy who's sitting there making a lot of money off of people probably has a pretty easy life um, that he says, okay, You don't see any argument from Levi in verse 28. Uh, It just says, and leaving everything, he rose and followed him. It seems very cut and dry. And what's interesting is that we see this pattern in Luke 6 and in other places. When Jesus calls people to follow him, you see a pattern that usually sounds like this. Deny yourself, take up your cross, follow me. And the same pattern we see in this text of he left everything, he rose, and he followed him. You see that pattern? So the pattern that is happening is the pattern that Jesus ultimately calls people to do. And so he is following the pattern that Christ would ask other people to follow him. And so this brings us right away to truth point number one. And that's this. A faithful disciple is not merely one who hears the words of Jesus, but is one who responds to the words of Jesus with obedience. It's one thing to hear and say, ah, yes, teacher, great, great lesson. Mm, I love that. It's a whole other thing to say, oh, teacher, what a great lesson. Oh, my, do I have some work to do this week? It's a whole other thing. And parents, you know what I'm talking about, right? We ask our kids to do something. We say, hey, son, why don't you go over there and pick up that thing? And when do we want our children to do that? Now, right? And how often do our kids do that? Rarely, yeah. Well, you guys have seen what I've seen, yeah. And so what we learn from parenting, I think we also see as a disciple of Jesus, is that delayed obedience is actually disobedience. If Jesus says go and we go, "Uh, maybe tomorrow, is that really being obedient? No, because in the same way, if I said, son, pick up that thing, he says, I love to do that, dad. Tomorrow I'm going to do that. You know, and not only that, I'm going to get together a group of my friends and we're going to talk about what it would look like to pick up that thing. And you know what, Dad? I've actually memorized the phrase that you told me in Greek. And I can say, pick up that thing, son, in Greek. Would you like to hear it, Dad? No. None of those things really matter. I want my son to be obedient to do what I've asked him to do. Yet he wants to uh, take his time or add other things, or at the end of the day, he doesn't really do it. So Levi was obedient. Even though he had his own life, he had a cush job, he was making lots of money, he had it pretty easy. He says, okay, Jesus, he stands up and, and he follows him. So Levi becomes a follower of Jesus. And what's the first thing that he does as a newfound follower of Christ? Well, I think it's interesting. He throws a party. How many of you threw a party the moment you came to Christ? No? 
Well, me neither. So I think it's interesting. So verse 29, it says, And Levi made him a great feast in his house. And there was a large company of tax collectors and others reclining at table with him. So notice the the adjectives here describing the words. It says that he threw a great feast and that there was a large number of tax collectors and others. And later we'll see that that actually means sinners as well. So this was a big deal. I mean, Levi could have said, all right, Jesus, I'm following you. But hey, you know what? I'm going to go crash. I'm tired. I'll see you tomorrow morning. We'll do whatever the first lesson is. No, no, that day he goes to his house. He makes a huge meal and he invites a ton of people. What does that tell you about Levi? He was obedient. He was faithful, but he was also excited about following Jesus, wasn't he? See, a person doesn't go to all that work and all that effort and all that intentionality unless he's really excited about what's going on in his life. Church, let me ask you this. Were you that excited the day you began to follow Christ? Do you remember that day? Do you remember the moment when your life changed? Do you remember those emotions? Can you put yourself back in that place? I know that I can. It happened for me right before I went to Bible college. My life changed dramatically. I began to read the Word of God for myself because I wanted to. Not because someone told me that I needed to, but I wanted to. It was a joy to follow Jesus. It was a joy to learn more about Him. And I soaked it up like a sponge, as many of you have done, I'm sure. Do you remember that moment? And let me ask you this. If you've been a Christian for a while, can the same be said of you today? Do you still feel that excitement for Jesus when you hear His name? Do you still get excited to wake up in the morning and spend time with Him? Do you get excited to say, I can't wait to talk to people about Him? to share him as I walk and as I talk, as I, as, I, as I make a meal, as I've been invited over to share, do you get excited about being with him and with others? And this leads us to, to truth point number two this morning, that faithful disciples are proud to be associated with Jesus and they want their relational network to know about Jesus and how he's transforming their lives. So if you've got your little note guide there, you've got some blanks you can fill in, And relational network is the key there, that they were excited about Jesus and they want their relational network to know about Jesus and how he's transforming their lives. In Luke 6, Jesus says, for whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? And here's the key, for whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in glory. See, Levi was clearly unashamed of Jesus. In fact, he was the opposite of unashamed. He was excited. He was ecstatic. He wanted people to know that he was now following Christ. Can the same be said of you this morning? How excited are you to follow Jesus? And do you want people to know that? And how badly do you want them to know that? It's not about you. Don't, let's not be confused here. Levi wasn't looking for glory for himself to say, look how awesome I am as a new follower. It wasn't about Levi. It was about Jesus. We see that the feast that he made, it said he made the feast for him. Levi was excited to join Jesus in his mission, to be a blessing to the mission of Jesus and to tell other people, look, I found something worth being a part of and I'm going to tell everybody I know about it. Is that your attitude this morning? And here's where it starts to get a little bit more uncomfortable for us, if we're being honest, including myself. You see, I think, again, with our words, I think we would have the right answers here. But does our lifestyle, 
communicate to unbelievers that we are unashamed of Jesus. It's one thing to say, yeah, I love Jesus and I'm a Christian. But when they look at your life, would your life communicate the same truth as your words? Does your lifestyle communicate to unbelievers that you are proud to be a follower of Jesus? Not arrogant, but excited. Would your life, would they say, man, I just look at that guy's life. I look what they spend their time on. I look at, I look at what they're doing with their life, with their kids, with their marriage, with their home. And it just seems like they love Jesus. Is that what people would say about your life? Is that what people would say about my life? Do your unbelieving friends even know you're a Christian? See, we have to be available to people if they're even going to even see our life at all, though. That's the key. If we never are around them, they're not even going to be able to see. But if we are, what are they seeing? So what could you do this week that your lifestyle could communicate that you love Jesus? Think for you personally what that might look like. What could you do to show people with your life that you are excited about being a follower of Jesus. So Levi's throwing a big party. He's not ashamed. He's excited. And we see that who is attending this? Well, Levi throws the party. Jesus accepts the invitation. I love that our missionaries use that language. We didn't plan this. We didn't script this out. They said they accepted invitations to be with some people. Jesus accepted the invitation from Levi to be in his home. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.